Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele and released in 2017. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A young African-American man visits his Caucasian girlfriend's mysterious family estate. Um, we're going to sound a spoiler warning for this one. Um, really? There's we mean spoiler it. Warning, Please so don't listen to this if you haven't seen it. Go yeah, and see it. Neither of us managed to avoid the spoilers for this. Even though I tried really hard and didn't directly hear any spoilers, yep. I still heard enough yep. to confirm what I already, like, what I thought might be the case. Yeah, so. and so did I. So be careful. And if you can, watch it in a cinema with a movie. Sorry, in a cinema with an, an audience. audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so hopefully you've all gone by now and we're actually going to start talking spoilers probably from this point on. Okay. So Get Out was a big sort of surprise hit in the States this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like uh, – it's a horror movie directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, the comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keegan-Michael Key has been everywhere lately as well. Yeah. So um, – it, yeah, it, it really took audiences by surprise, I think. Yes. Um, and people really, really got into it and people really got into it at the scene, yep. screening that we were at. I've never been at a more interactive screening of a movie, It was I think. so much fun um, to watch it with an audience. Yeah, people like gasped and groaned and said things to and the screen. Clapped and, and clapped and yeah, talked to the characters. Yeah, it was really, it, really entertaining. It was it was really fun and I and I think that's what they want. I um, Again, this is how hard it is to avoid spoilers. I heard Alison Williams on a podcast recently and she said that she actually, she and Jordan Peele go to theatres and sneak in the back and watch it with audiences because they love watching the audience do all that stuff. It's interesting. All I, like a lot of what I was thinking about after this movie was not so much the movie itself as how did they get that reaction out of people? What is it about this mm. movie that this that it's done specifically that gets that reaction out of people mm. because honestly there's only one horror scene in this whole movie it's not really horrifying at all one i i would say the only scene that's a real proper horror scene is the one where he wakes up in the middle of the night and yeah. goes outside mm-hmm. and then gets hypnotized that's the only mo- scene in this whole movie that's actually a horror movie i think yeah and the rest of it is like a thriller but that also is the bit where the audience starts participating too because the bit where um i can't remember her name the maid georgina georgina walks behind him like I saw her there but like a, t- a second ahead of it actually happening but mm. when she walks behind him the music deliberately makes the big yeah yeah with the strings and the whole audience went ooh, like and there was jump, lo- yeah. yeah well not even a jump there's lots of laughs I laughed because I'd seen well, no, it but la- I think people laughed because of the reaction because everybody gasped yeah, right? yeah and then then and people then started people laughing like at the reaction that people that yeah. people had and and so th- that was the point at which the audience starts participating. But maybe it's because it's so much got so much comedy in it. Mm, like mm. it really is a very funny yes. movie for a lot of the time. Also, I think one of the most important things to note about this movie is that everything in this movie, all of the motivations and everything, is laid out in one scene, which is the conversation that Chris, the main character, mm. has with surprise Bradley Whitford at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Everything about this movie is laid out in that scene. Mm. We talked, he shows the picture of his dad and he's like, his dad was beaten out by Jesse Owens yep. in the, um, the Hitler race. He shows, um, Hitler race. <laughs> the, the 1936 Olympics. <laughs> 1936. Yeah. I know. The date, I was trying to work out the dates as well. I was like, would Bradley Whitford's dad have been young enough to run in the Olympics in 1936? They're, they're stretching it a bit, but anyway. Wow. I mean, if he had their, if they had their children older, then yeah yeah no i was just like wow Mm -hmm. um anyway maybe it's set no it's not set in the past he's got that phone um Mm -hmm. he they talk he talks about like the deer and how Mm -hmm. he thinks the deer are a pest yep he talks about um 
one of the other things, he, he lays out the whole movie yeah. in that conversation. I can't remember all of it. I remembered it afterwards that night, but I forgot to take notes. Well, he says, so, he says something about after mom and dad passed, his parents passed, we just wanted to keep them on. Yeah, yeah. We about, had to keep um, Georgina about Georgina and Walter, and Walter around. Yep. Um, all, but basically everything, everything else in that whole movie is set up mm. in that scene. Yeah. He goes around the world and collects things from different countries. There's the all smoking conversation happens. Yep. Yeah. Everything in this movie is just laid out in Hypnotism, that conversation. Yep. And it's it's really funny because I knew that – I kind of knew that was happening. Like I knew it was all important, which is why I remember so much of it. Mm. I knew that they were setting things up during that conversation, yeah. right? So I was taking note of the things that they were saying mm. um, in my head. But like, yeah, that lays out – like so we never talk about the motivations of these people again. Or well, we do, but it's very brief. We very rarely talk about why it's happening and what's happening and things like that. It's all just kind of presented on screen. But that's because the, that conversation is that first conversation. Um, and it gets it all in there. And you don't um, – it's cute and it's funny and it's, yeah. it doesn't – like you don't feel held up with by exposition at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have liked a little bit more information about the stuff. I actually thought the ultimate reason why they were doing it was odd. And I still find – like I'm still trying to puzzle it out. Okay, so I thought that, that they only pick black people to put their brains into <laughs> was odd. So I just thought that was a simple metaphor of building white s- superiority on black bodies, like the way of it, – it, it is a slavery metaphor. It's about um, white people just taking black bodies as their own and using them. That's the kind of – that's the underlying thing of it is that they think that black people and their bodies and their their brains are not as important as their right to live as long a life as they want. So yeah. that made sense to me. Right. But, like, it's still odd because then they have to be black people. Like, it, it just – they the people who are racist in this movie would then have to live out the rest of their lives as black people. Well, but th- this is the thing that it's like they don't, they're not necessarily self aware of, of that. And in fact, they're probably the kind of people who think that, um, oh, in this day and age, black folks have got all, you know, we, we've got, yeah, we have civil think rights. It's cooler and all that stuff. Yeah, it's cooler to be black. I'd be stronger and faster. And particularly in the instance of the grandpa, he, he knows that he was beaten yeah. by a black that's man. That's why, that's why I think that one makes sense. Yeah. Right. But, like, I think, yeah, again, I think this works better on a metaphorical level than when you actually break it down to, but then they will spend forever. Like, it, it just, you know, yeah, you're like. And, and the, the metaphor and also, there's, this- there's other little things like why would Georgina and Walter continue to serve them like their servants when they are actually their grandparents? Mm. Like, it's a funny twist. It's cool. But when you break it down on but that level, thing, you're like. They're not, they, they don't actually seem to be great servants. And they, but they. I mean, it looks like the grandfather. So it could be just for show, but it doesn't. Yeah, seem uh, well, like the gra- it's just it seems like show. the grandfather built the home and everything, and they, yeah. they're it's that survivalist frontier type of. Oh, we built this house. He, he built the house with his bare hands, so he spends all day looking after it. Um, and but also, he was definitely like a, a he was a runner, and he but he also I think was a doctor or something like. And mm. then his kid, like I think that it, yeah. it's just kind of like they he they wouldn't do that. Mm. You know, yeah, it, he it, would. He would be more entitled. He would sit around and he'd behave like the grandfather of the house, as opposed to a servant. 
right. the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, a couple of things just sort of, but like this is, I mean, it's minor that actually while I'm doing minor nitpicks, two really, really minor things that really pissed me off. Um, the deer at the beginning of the movie that they hit I thought flies into the car. Yeah. There's no way that's a deer. Um, I thought that that was setting up some kind of magical thing and it never pays off. Yeah, I assumed it was going to be an eagle or something. And, yeah, and he, when he sees the deer that's dying as well, it never pays off. Well, that, I think, it's it's a metaphor for his mother who got mm-hmm. hit and run died. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, but, like, it, it went – it was a metaphor for something different to what I thought it was yeah. for. Um, that one and, like, the um, at the end of the movie he takes the earplugs – like, he makes himself out earplugs out oh, of the cardinal and yep. that doesn't pay off. And I think those are things – that are because Jordan Peele's not a horror director. Mm. Um, I was thinking about this afterwards, and Jordan Peele really sticks to the the script when it comes to like the the um, outline. What are you going to call it? <laughs> um, the you know all the tropes of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, because like, he's a comedy. He's, right. He's he's interested in the comedy side, or not just the comedy, but also the ideas. And, yeah, and yeah. Stuff. So like, yeah, I he it very much sticks to the that kind of. Um, mm. Um, there's a word that I can't remember right now, but yeah, that formula. Yes. He sticks to the formula of the horror movie. Yeah. Um, you, you, In order it, to make it easier for him to make his other points that he wants to make. Exactly. So, like, if you watched Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> mm. every like, there's so many things in this that reminded me so much of Cabin in the Woods. Like, because yeah. that's a deconstruction of horror movies that breaks down a right. lot of these things that then happen in this movie. Right. So, but Cabin in the Woods is about deconstructing the horror genre by using the horror genre. And this yeah. is more about deconstructing race and the way yes. race works in America using the horror genre. So yeah. it's it, so it's got some things in common in that it's not a real horror. It's about it's about horror used as a metaphor for something else or for, to deconstruct some something else. But it is kind of a different purpose. Yeah. And I, I, I get that. Um but I mean in Cabin in the Woods if something happens it always pays off. Yes. Right. Like because this, it's about horror and the director understands knows horror, horror bit, and they yeah, they want and to make a horror like movie. A huge, I really loved this movie. Mm. And it's not like a huge complaint, but it is something that I noticed that's noticeable as like this isn't a direct and, – and the other reason that that's really noticeable is that denouement is so short, that that whole scene where he escapes. Yeah. So short. He yep. gets through – like that's big crux of the movie, the big climax, and it's 10 minutes. The scene yeah. at, at the party was longer. And he he gets out of it relatively easily. Like yeah. he has to overcome a couple of obstacles to fight his way out of the house – it's all relatively easier, and then we and have even the, Georgina just dies accidentally. Like mm. he doesn't even have to, you know, fight off everyone. And then, and just at the right moment, his friend shows up. Yeah, and there's no explanation of how, even though we spent a lot of time with that friend mm. trying to deconstruct, trying to not to de- deconstruct, but trying, trying to, to sort of, well, the sort friend was trying history. to work out where he was and how. Yeah, yeah. so um, we could have easily had him like get a clue, see that he's had a clue, and realize it without us knowing what it was, mm. so that he could like give you know give us something. Yeah, yeah. Like th- th- no, even, even if it was as simple as he was – when he was talking on the phone to Georgina, he got the GPS signal from the phone and worked out where she was. So he got he in He talks his, to Rose. Sorry, Rose, phone. not Georgina. Rose um, on the phone, yeah. like at that point. Um, exactly. That could have been an, a really easy scene. And it's, a, it's this is run and done in an hour and a half. Yeah. It is really, really short. Yeah, they had time to like do a little more to make that yeah. pay off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because they do concentrate on the other stuff like the party scene and – so I kind of want to get into the earlier stuff because this is probably the first movie I've seen and I've got obviously got huge gaps in my cinematic knowledge as well, but first movie I've seen that really actually takes white culture 
and shows you how it's different and what and shows you looks at it like anthropologically you actually see like you actually see on screen white people culture and the way white people talk and all that kind of stuff in a way that I've not experienced before I, I've seen you know you see other kind of racial or immigrant or ethnic stories but it actually takes white as an ethnicity and shows you how weird white people culture is and I thought that was really clever yeah I think it's a specific like it's American rich upper middle class type of white culture but and a baby boomer as well very particularly a certain age group Um, yeah exactly all those people were around the same age in that movie in that party and and but it it was I've not seen white culture done like that before and it it was helpful I think I don't know it, it made I don't know I thought it was a really good way of putting the audience in Chris's shoes it just like who are these weird people yeah and and looking at a culture that for at least for us like we have white baby parents and we're from like relatively middle class families we kind of understand the culture but even just looking at it at how weird it seems well there's also a certain element of americanism I think yeah. to this one as well that I didn't totally connect with but yeah definitely there's a lot of things yes you know there is there is actually yeah no there is there's specific american stuff as well like the the privacy thing the living in a house that's miles away from everybody else and even the sort of family the way they view their family history and the way they all dress and the the lake house and all that type stuff did you notice early on in the movie um the parents were always wearing dark colors and chris is always wearing lighter colors Mm. actually did you know well and the way that um that Alison Williams changes clothes once yep. she's revealed as being bad. Like yeah. when she's with him. Well, she's always got her hair up. Yeah, yeah. Well. well, at the start she's like her hair, you know, her, <laughs> she's got bangs and she looks like this sort of hipster liberal New Yorker. And then as soon as it's, she's revealed as bad, she's got – she changes out of her jeans into like jodhpurs and a white yeah. shirt and she ties her hair back and it, she just becomes a completely different person. Yeah. the the One of the funniest parts of the whole movie to me was watching her eat – dry fruit loops yeah. drink milk <laughs> and like what what else is she doing? and she's listening to um i've had the time of my life yep. like those are the three things she's doing to show how white she is yeah <laughs> was really funny to me i was like snorting through that whole scene and everybody oh, else was quiet was so funny it was so so funny um i don't know i think it was pretty our audience were pretty into it they were it was really like, actually it, was but that a lot just of, was like, much funny like i just kept in the audience. laughing yeah no that was very funny um there were lots of Young people in the audience. That's another thing that. And that scene also had that bit where it kind of looks like she's masturbating to the pictures mm-hmm, of the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that whole, like, um, you know, white, that, like, jungle fever kind of idea. Yeah. With, like how she's attracted to black people, but she thinks they're below her, sort of a thing. Mm. Yes. No, that scene was excellent. I thought they were going to hunt them. Like, at first, I thought they were going to hunt them, especially with that Run Rabbit song. Yeah, yeah. I really thought that they were capturing them to, like, hunt them or, like, chase them down or something, Mm. which I think is a conceit in other horror movies. There were a lot of different things that I thought were going on. I never actually thought that what the twist was was the thing, which is maybe why I'm, like, I look back on it and I'm, like, but a lot of the things don't quite make sense. Like, Georgina and Walter's behavior doesn't quite add up if they're really the grandparents and things like that. And I think a lot of that is trying to mislead the audience about what's happening. Mm -hmm. But at the, you, you sort of it gets frustrating. I just yeah. thought they were hypnotized yeah. for a lot of it, and, and then at nighttime they would like chase them more. Mm. And there are certain things like that make more sense in hindsight, like um, Catherine Keener telling Georgina to go and have a lie down and being kind of hostile. That makes more sense if it's towards her mother-in-law than if it's towards, you know, the help. But then like other things don't, like her dusting and doing all this housework and spending all yeah. the time in the kitchen. 
yeah, exactly. That's that's the stuff where I'm like, why would grandmother? Why would the grandmother do that? Although, then the other possibility is that when company comes, they they're, they're move into their roles. Yeah, right. But we don't get a lot of hints that that's what's happening. No, that's what I like. There's not, you know, you don't get yeah. any indication well, that that's yeah. What's and happening. and like if that were happening, then you would see things like I don't know, the bed's not made or. I think things yeah, would exactly. You want to see those like little yeah. clues that Georgina yeah. is not actually a maid, yeah. but she behaves so much like a maid mm-hmm. that it's like you don't ever feel. And he behaves so much like a groundskeeper, especially. Yeah, there's no sign with him that like he's not a groundskeeper. No. like that he doesn't just do that all the time. No, and why would Grandpa do that all the time? Mm. And with her as well, the way there's a scene where um, he finds that his phone has been unplugged, which clearly Rose has done. And he talks to Georgina about it. And Georgina is shown like really, really close up, really tight close up. And I got the feeling that I got was um, that she was extremely experienced in working in, you know, retail or customer service kind of stuff because Mm. she's really, she's really good at like towing the party line on, you know, what she says and how she says it and, like, yeah. always doing it with a smile and all that kind of stuff. So it it made her seem even more sort of maid-like. Yeah, exactly. The only real hint that you get that this is might be what's happening is Logan at the party, um, the one black man at the party who's a lot younger and who is actually mm. Dre and, and, um, and he's behaving so differently and he's married to a woman who's much older who clearly was mm. the wife of his original, like married his original body. Original Logan, yeah. Original Logan and stuff. So that is a much, like, much clearer. Yeah. But by that stage I've been so used to Georgina and Walter that I'm trying to figure out how he puzzles into that mm-hmm. rather than how they puzzle into what he's doing. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the science of it is very iffy because I'm like, if you're missing that much of your brain, surely there's nothing left oh, for you look, to be a si- person. I mean, this that doesn't work. Like, no. no, the science doesn't work. It's not doable. But it's it's pretty – that's a pretty it, classic be, science fiction be trope. Better, it would almost be better if they were just like hypnotized. Yeah, I was like, hoping that would be the case. There was some kind of magic going on. Yeah, I was hoping the hypnotism would be the case because then they would be, you know, they'd be able to come back at the end. But that metaphor wouldn't be but there. But then it wouldn't it. be there. But yeah, no, the science doesn't work, but it is also very classic horror sci-fi. It's it's Frankenstein. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I get I get it, but it's it's just to make it work so that they're still in the body to get make that give mm. that horror element of he's trapped in his own mind yeah. as a passenger, the um being John Malkovich thing. Yeah. That that wouldn't be there if they did it that way. But like I don't know, magic would have probably been fine. Like being John Malkovich, everybody just accepts that movie, right? Mm. Even though that's like people sliding into a little room and out onto a turnpike and in the middle you're John Malkovich. Yeah. Like that that doesn't make any sense. And yet because the movie presents it as that logic so easily and so readily, you're like, okay, that's what it is. Mm. But this movie doesn't set up its no. own and be, it's partly because we only set it up so late and they also want to keep the twist for the end they right. want to keep it for her to say grandma at the end and i get why they want to keep that as the twist but also it means that we are sent off in another direction yeah um but like again <laughs> much like colossal this is works on a lot more on le- a metaphorical level but it works yeah. much better as like on a storytelling level obviously mm. because people get so into it yeah. So these aren't things that I was thinking about. I mean, I mean, I was thinking about it because you're always cr- trying to think about what's happening yeah. in a horror movie. Like you're always like, oh, why is this happening? Why is mm-hmm. that happening? Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to so come back the, later. Yeah. yeah. So when the twist doesn't pay off exactly, you're, you're sort of trying to make it work. But this movie is so much fun and all the performances are so good. And like you, we haven't even touched on Rod yet. No, and he is amazing. The, the, our audience clapped when he showed up to save the day at yeah. the end. Actual applause happened. Yeah, it would have been so great if we found out how that happened. Um, but 
And it wouldn't have been that hard either. Like, I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, he knows her name. He knows their name. Mm. He knows roughly where he is. All he has to look up is who the, where the work- Armitage is. And he works this- for the TSA, so he can probably access that information. Exactly. Like, it's not hard to just tell us that he looked him looked them up. Like, it's not a mystery. No, or used a GPS. Like, it is not – that is not a hard thing to do. No. Um but yeah, um, he's he's yeah. so funny and Little so Rel much fun, Harry. and, he's, and that's great. the that's the whole thing about this movie is like there was a, also a cult aspect to it, mm-hmm. like they're a cult and they're trying to like isolate Chris, mm-hmm. and and that's unplugging the phone. Yeah, but yeah. Because Chris has this like connection to the outside world, that's what saves him. Yeah, or that's what how he gets away. He doesn't actually like Chris basically just powers through the family, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like smashes through them. There's no challenge. No. It's t- he kills them all off so easily, even like um, and violently. Yeah, very violently. But it, even like the brother comes back, but then he just kind of just really lays into him. That and- was better actually when he came back than the first. Like yeah. if, if that big pile of blood hadn't come out, um, and we kind of knew he was going to come back, that would have worked really well, I think, yeah. because that scene where he stabs him, like he he figures out that he's going to kick the door again, and then he stabs mm. him in the leg. I loved that. I thought that yeah. was much. Would have been that was probably the best. Yeah. Of all the deaths of the family. Yeah. Would have been better if the with the mother's one if she try she goes for her teacup and spoon to try and hypnotize him and she doesn't make it, he smashes it before she can get he to did. it. She did. That's what happened. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That she doesn't she doesn't get to use it. He smashes that too quickly for her to use it. Yes. But if just if she'd been able to get to it and try and use it a little bit and if he'd started getting hit, like that would have yeah, paid yeah, off. Yeah, that would have paid, and that would have paid off him pulling the out earplugs. Yeah. Right, that's exactly what I thought was going yeah, to happen. Yeah. And then he'd have to fight his way out or Rod could show up, snap him out of it, and then, yeah, and like, so she and kills, then they work so together. She, he kills her way too easily. Yeah, exactly. That, those are the things that I think that's mm. where the, the Jordan Peele not being a horror director mm. comes in. You know, like those are the things that kind of probably should have happened yeah, to yeah. pay off on certain ideas. And she's the she's really the big antagonist here. Like she's the one who hypnotized him. Mm. She's the creepiest from the start. Yeah. Like you know, it's her and Rose. Yeah. The, the dads are just along for the ride. Mm. Also, or to do the neurosurgery. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the dad and, and the brother. Yeah. The, the men are just kind of. Oh my of, god, the brother is so. I wigged knew as out. soon as I saw Caleb Landry Jones's name uh, in the credits exactly what kind of role that guy I was going to be playing. I don't know that actor. I'm not familiar with him, but he is wackadoodle. He's been in this a character. couple of other things. He's been he was in um X-Men First Class. Mm. He was um um he could fly with the voice projection thing. Oh, okay. Um what was it? Like Echo like you know that guy? Banshee. Banshee. Yep. That's it. But um he I've seen him like in a like in little bits and pieces around the place and what he looks like now and stuff and I was like, Oh, as soon mm. as I saw that I was like, Yeah, he's gonna be creepy. And then when they mentioned the brother, I was like, Oh, it's gonna be that guy and he's gonna be creepy. Yeah, yeah. He's so creepy. He was good he's yeah, it was good casting. Yeah, very creepy and that dinner scene was so weird and creepy and like mm-hmm. that's I think part of it is like it's so over the top that it gets funny sometimes. But that's all designed. Mm. Like that's part of the good part of the movie, I think. Yeah, like all that stuff. And you know, that scene with Chris and Alice uh, Allison. It's her real name. Rose next to the river, the next to the lake oh, works yeah. really well. That was scary too. I was, I thought they were going to get stuck there after dark, and it, they were going to have to go back to the house. And it, it was different than it. It panned out differently than it was. But she's like a master manipulator, and by that yes. point, you can see her doing it. Yeah, and it's so good. Exactly. Yeah. There's all these little bits. I'd almost want to rewatch the, like a version of this movie that's told only from her perspective. Well, even from the very start, I think probably because I'd been spoiled about her. 
Um, right. And I got and I got spoiled in the most stupid way as well by reading the list of MTV Movie Award nominations. And so from the very start, I was actually noticing it with her, mm. even from when she's the, she's trying to get them packed and ready to go in the car. Like he, um, you can tell he, she can tell he's worried, and she kind of distracts him with sex and like, oh, don't worry, my dad will tell you about how he would have voted for Obama a third time if he could have, and that's adorable because it's Bradley Whitford yeah. as her dad, and you know he would have. It's Josh. But even from the start, you can see the way she's always kind of redirecting him when he's worried, like kind of she doesn't take his worries seriously and deal with them as you would yeah. in a normal healthy relationship. She diverts those worries, tells him he's not really feeling them, that it's not really an issue, that and everything will be is, okay. This is one of the most interesting things is that, that he, she keeps doing that and then she's like, are you really worried about it? And he goes, no, no, it's okay, about increasingly not okay things. Yeah, she's gaslit him. Yeah. So like she, but yeah, it's about increasingly not. And, and the scene at the lake, it's really, really not okay anymore. Exactly. And it's really not okay. She and then really he has, has to, to work to manipulate him to right. stay. And then he has to say again, no, it's okay. Mm. And then she says, let's go um, yeah. to make her tr- him trust her completely at that point. And then he finds the box of the photos mm. um, with all the people, which was actually really funny to watch her, like all her hairstyles and yeah, stuff yeah. that she goes through. But also, where are the rest of the people? Where are the rest of the black people that got kidnapped? Yeah. There are three, right? And Chris. Yeah, that's all Where's the ones Where's everybody else? We see, yeah. There must be, like, more of them in the social circle. Exactly. I think this movie has a very tight focus, but sometimes because of that it loses, like, track of some of the things maybe it should be showing us and telling us. Yeah, yeah, there should be more um, of that. Oh, but that when they do the um, bingo. Um, yeah. The, where, where they're doing bingo and they're actually bidding. Loved oh, that scene. Oh, my God. So good. That whole party scene was really good because mm. there's this growing sense of dread even though nothing's happening. And then, like, finally Logan snaps and goes after – or Dre Logan. Oh, yeah. Snaps and goes after Chris and like is get out. Yeah, and does the because title of it, bit. the camera flash. But yeah, yeah, because um, the camera flash. Which also that doesn't like that only pays off a little bit at the end. And I was like, why didn't he take his camera with him? Yeah, I don't know, why but he does he... use it at the end, rear window style, to um, get Georgina to break. No, he uses it to get Walter to break. Walter, sorry, yep. yeah. Georgina's already dead by that point because she accidentally dies yeah. when he rams the car into a truck. Like, he doesn't even do that to kill her. That's what I mean. Like, it's yeah. so kind of like, oh, it's done. Yeah. Okay. The, but the bit where he's strangling Rose and she starts smiling, would, that was so cool. And that would have been great after a really long, like, tiring. You should feel that he's getting really tired from doing all this stuff. Yeah. And it kind of just kind of it's too quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's little, like, you know – but. Everything up until that point is so cool. Mm-hmm. And the hypnotism in the basement as well is so good. Oh, wow, yeah. that whole Watching bit. that over and over again. They like, could have even done that a few more times to really make it harrowing. Oh, because, yeah, like, because the way that she messes with him there, wow. Who? The, his, the mother, Catherine Keener. Is it, you're talking about... When they, when oh, they're sorry, in the when he's in the basement. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, the, the torture TV. scene. Sorry, I thought you meant the hypnotism. Yeah. No, with the lost video, the Dharma Initiative video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which isn't a Dharma Initiative video, but reminded me of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the, the mysterious animal, <laughs> the deer mm, is on mm. the wall above him. And that's a flashback to the deer at the beginning as well. That's yeah, a callback. Yeah. But yeah, the, and all I could think of was, I dare you to go make out with that mysterious animal over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the TV stuff, like to, just to do that a few more times, even to have her like, I don't think she really needed to hypnotize him a few more times. We got that. No, no, but the, the sense of, yeah. That I know was you, so good. That was so, like, creepy and sad. So and sad and creepy. She's so cruel to him and, oh, that was so Yeah, good. no, that bit was really well done. And um, But that's why I thought you were talking about it. But, Sorry. yeah, the bit where he's actually in the basement, yeah. being, that the torture was good, yeah, because it would have um, 
built it up a bit more. Yeah, and the movie um, works really well to get you to empathize with Chris. Yeah. Um, and I think there's almost a sense that, like, what they were trying to do in the end was show, like, a black guy brutally murdering a bunch of white people and have you root for the black guy. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they were trying to do that on a meta level. Yeah. And especially when he, like, kicks the brother repeatedly and mm, things like mm. that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so sort of – it just moves through it so quickly. Mm. Yeah, what else? I don't know. No, Getting stuck on the same things over and over again. Yeah, I think about other things. There's so much else in there this is. Movie. There's so much to like unpack. You could watch it multiple times and yeah. see because once you do, once you well, sort of twist is out of the way, you can watch it through again and, and watch all the little bits, yeah. um, the little clues as well because it's very sort of deliberately put together. Yeah, and I think it's it's um, what it says about racism and racial interaction in America is so good. Like, there's mm. all these little things that you know the audience kind of gets in and laughs at. The, all the white people about the dumb mm. things that they just keep saying. But like, that, the, and that, but that's this is the thing. This is why I thought it was such a good way call out of white people culture. Yeah, and white people's stupid comments that they make. Yeah, it just was really. It all, all became really. It's all really clear as to who the bad guys are and how stupid they are for saying these things. And the thing is, it's also like it is that build. It's like that. Oh, these are harmless comments. It's okay. And then, mm. oh, well, maybe they're like doing certain things, but it's okay. And then it builds and builds and builds until the thing that's really not okay is happening, but nobody will believe you. And mm. and exactly, like, yeah, exactly. And it's that escalation, and it's that kind of problem in America at the moment with the um, like the rise of the alt right and the neo Nazis and the oh. <laughs> and the police brutality against the black mm. people which is also called back to frequently in this movie yeah um two times particularly like at the beginning of the movie the white guy um the white the cop, cop pulls them over and and wants to see chris's id and at the end of the movie he puts his hands up and he's been strangling rose and you're like oh no this is gonna look really bad he's you know and well and the and a police car arrives which is yeah. why people clap when the police door opens and says and airport rod. and yeah. it's rod and it's because the relief is palpable yeah. because because you know that exactly. a white man caught strangle uh, sorry a black man caught strangling a white girl and the police show up he's yeah, got it no plays chance to all of this history yeah. in such clever ways yep you know that's the stuff that this movie does really and it really does well. it in a really like it never feels heavy handed either right, exactly. it just feels natural it feels like of course i understand this of course i know that this is true yeah and not, but also like it, it even calls itself out on certain things with like Mm. When Rod goes to the police station and tells his crazy story, the, but the cops are like, uh, when he says that Dre's changed his personality and he's married a white woman, and they're like, oh, that would explain the clothes. Like, they're like, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have been brainwashed to change. Well, all the other, those detectives are all black too, all three yeah. of them. And you're like, you don't have to necessarily, and the, one of them's a woman, which is cool, mm. um, but you don't necessarily have to like have changed, you know, have been brainwashed in order to change your life and change mm, mm. how you dress and things like that like yeah it's it's sort of saying that you know there's not only one way to be a black person no um, that's correct i yeah. think is what it's going for there but at the same because uh, rod does that a lot he's like no i'm black i would never do this thing i would never do that thing and all that sort of stuff mm, mm. but then when also when logan's talking about the african-american experience <laughs> at the party and you're just like this is so crazy and chris's reactions to all of that stuff is so great mm. he's just like these people are nuts what am i that's what i mean do? that's why it's a really clear-eyed look at white people culture it's like you really don't you there's never any doubt as to who's who you're empathizing with the whole movie right but, like, at that point, the people who have been acting crazy are largely Georgina Walter and Logan slash Dre. So, but, but yeah, it, it's 
clearly like something's happened to them. I, I still think yeah. it might have been better if they'd been left. Like I just don't. The twist itself kind of is still not sitting right with me. I don't know. Maybe if uh. I watch it again, I'll get it better. But like it just never. When I found out that was happening, I was like, "What? Yeah, that doesn't make a huge amount of sense." But the yeah, the bidding was great. The bidding was so great. There were women who were bidding on being in his body too. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like I thought back on that afterwards. I was like, I'm sure I remember seeing like a manicured hand. They like, did, yeah. They yeah. Were, well, because because of the age gaps in the, a lot of the marriages, the women are younger and so they, like, they've already replaced the husband and so they'll replace themselves, I guess. With a man. With a man, yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll be a different experience that will for be. everybody. No, but seriously, I was like, wow, that's, that, like that's – Again, probably well, just so trying I, to be a The misleading, idea but... I got was that, no, that the women were bidding on behalf of their husbands. So they were bidding like – because Mine is more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yours is more interesting. But the women – because the women are mostly younger than the men and the men are often more visibly in bad health as yeah. well. And so I got the idea that, the, that they were bidding for their husbands as to which, you know, they wanted him for their new husband. I feel like that's almost a thing of like like just a Hollywood thing though, like casting – well, they always cast women who look younger and things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that could easily be a Hollywood thing, but it could also be – and maybe they're meant to be the same age, but it's also like the idea of these women bidding on their next husband's body. Yeah, I'm what? not overly keen on what this movie says about women. <laughs> um, yeah. One of them is the whole, like, women's sexuality is inherently dangerous to men thing, uh-huh. which is like – and, you know, women are inherently dangerous to men thing because really it's yeah. Rose and the mother – that are Catherine Keener, they're called um, Missy and Duke too, the the dad and the mum. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's That's like, such rich rich American no, names. No, it's not just that. Like, they're like specifically like non-name names. Like Missy yeah. is just a like – No, a, Dean. Dean, um, that's right. Yeah. But, but what I noticed was they're non-name names. They're like titles. Yeah, yeah. They're very specific to a certain American class and race though. That's a kind of yes. There's that too, but they, it dehumanizes them. Is yeah, kind yeah. of what I was getting at. Yeah. Like they're not people. No, they no. are. They're just like archetypes. Mm. But it is the women who are like, and and they say a lot of like, don't trust white women. The and, woman, and, it's a woman who doesn't believe Rod and and stops the help from being able to get there by Ka- being a, yeah. And Catherine Keene is a lot creepier from a, a lot earlier on. You don't like her because she's mean to the yeah. help initially. Yeah, she's mean to Georgina and Georgina's a lot creepier than Walter is even. Yeah. Like except well, I mean, she's less friendly. He's sort of creepy in a friendly way and she's like cre- and she's other always than fixing when he's her hair doing and, his running training, but yes. Right. But the other times he's sort yeah. of um and she's always fixing her hair and being vain, which you know is now is like, you know, she's looking at her new self. Yeah, new body, yeah. Right. But like there's a lot of things like that that I just wasn't like I it, I didn't like that a lot. Mm. I think there was some real underlying. Actually, that that's that. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because she wouldn't know how to do her hair anymore. Also, the murders of women are off screen, but the murders of men are on screen. Oh, is Catherine Keene? No, no, she's kind of she's off screen. He he takes the whatever it is that he stabs in her eye, and then he stabs it in off just off yeah, screen. Yeah. Oh, Alison Williams is on screen. She gets shot in the stomach, and then he yes. strangles her on screen. That's actually really effective. But she doesn't you, um, die. No, she totally actually, doesn't die. She, she survives she, that movie. Not just does she doesn't die. The look on her face as she's being strangled. She's so, smiling. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a really good bit of acting, actually. But they show her, like, at the end of the movie, and I'm like, what are they setting up for a sequel? Like, yeah. And I said it. When when he got shot, I said, don't shoot her in the stomach. Like, to which I said, stomach wounds bleed out horribly and you usually die within 20 minutes. But, yes. But, no, but that's 
if you want to kill somebody in a horror movie, you shoot them in the head. Yeah. Walter shoots himself in the head because if you want to die in a horror movie, you have to shoot them in the head. Yeah. You have to destroy yeah. the brain. Damn and it. she's not properly strangled either at the end um, when he strangles her. Because then he goes yeah. to finish the job by strangling yeah, no, her. She turns around. She talks. She says, yeah. "Help me!" And then he walks away, and she's still alive, and she yeah, watches yeah. the car drive and, away. And he and she she smiles because she knows he's not going to finish the job. Yeah. Well, I thought she was smiling because he was like proving her right. Yeah. Well, I think there's that, that too. That was sort of my like. I think that that's a lot of the end of the movie is like a lot of them react to like he's proving them right. Yeah. About what you know, black men are like. Yeah. Right. Um. There's there's some bits and pieces. Like, that's what I was saying about, like, they were trying to get you to root for mm. a black guy brutally murdering a bunch of white people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it, – I'm now thinking that not all the guys' deaths were on screen because he kicks Caleb Landry-Jones repeatedly, but, like, yeah. that's off screen. But that would have been really violent, I think. That the was ones horribly that are, violent, yeah. Um, but but it actually Bradley was Mitford definitely was on screen because we saw the antlers go yeah, up yeah, into yeah. his head. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, but, but yeah, Caleb Landry Jones like, is um, kind of off screen, but he's it's like the death of um, you know the movie Oliver when Bill Sykes yeah, murders, murders what's her name Nancy. Nancy, it's the same death. It's like sort of just That's behind. A I know her name. <laughs> yeah, but it's that same death of like it's it's worse because it's behind something, but you can see how horrible it yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um. I, I just think that there was some sexism going on with the mm. role of women. It in wouldn't this surprise movie. me, yeah. Um, and I didn't like that. That really, the, like, I, I the inter- I, it intersection been, of these things is always complicated. Yeah, but it almost would have been better if, like, the mother was the neuroscientist and the dad hypnotized him or something like less. Mm. It just seemed really sexist the way that everybody, like, and especially since it's Rose seducing all of them, and then she also, like, at the end of it, you see her seducing Georgi- Georgina as well, mm. which was like, you know, it's a funny throwaway gag until you kind of think like deconstruct it a little bit mm. anyway. And it's that kind of like, you know, bisexual women and not really bisexual. Oh yeah. And... They're just doing it for attention or whatever. Oh. <laughs> and also yeah. like, and you know, you can't trust white women and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. You can't trust women, like women's sexuality and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. But this movie was not about that, I suppose. No. And it was in and of itself pretty fun. Oh, God, it's so much fun, though. Mm. <laughs> I've talked a lot of things about, like, the problems with it, but it's so much fun. And it's it's hard to explain just how great it is to watch. Like, mm. it, you know, deconstructing it afterwards is one thing and pulling it apart afterwards is one thing, but, like, watching it is so great. It's watching such it a good experience. in a cinema with an audience and is great. And is really, like, everybody's mm. kind of on point with their performances, except maybe Catherine Keener was a little off, yeah. but everybody else. Barley Whitford seems to be having the time of his life. Yes, Stephen Root was perfect in that role. Um, Alison Williams was really, really good. Yeah, this is like her first movie, you know. Oh. She's, like, she's done Girls and this and that's. That's her whole resume, basically. Well, she was really, really she good. She was in this. really good. And um, Daniel Kaluuya, who's the lead, yeah. he's basically a newcomer. He's British. Yes. Um, There's this whole thing about yeah, Samuel, L. Samuel L. Jackson comments yeah. about how he couldn't possibly have experienced this because he's British and it's different. Like, yeah, like British men don't have to deal with racism or the history of slavery or any of that kind of stuff because they or do. Like, like you know, rich white people <laughs> yeah. down on black people. That's not a thing that happens in England. No, not at all. Like, <laughs> where the class system is so ingrained that like – It's also where they so invented ingrained. slavery. Yeah. Like, the British invented the African slave, tra- slave trade. There is a certain Americanness to this movie that I yes. like – but at the same time, you know, it's actors. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> like, right. And they can, it, and like, it's it's who does 
the part right, you know. It's, well, you, and we he say is that, really but we good. also talk about like casting racially right, but yeah, again, he is like, the right he, race though. Exactly, and it's not, and and you know, the idea that racism doesn't exist in other countries mm. is a really odd idea for him to be putting forward. Yeah, and it also just seems a bit, a bit like there's so few lead roles for black actors that you kind of want as many guys who can get them as they Although, can they can be like you want to have all these different black actors at, who have but careers look at all the black actors who are getting really big careers now you've got like Idris Elba, Chiwetel Ejiofor, um um John Boyega, John Boyega they're all British, um, David Oyelowo, <laughs> British. Yeah, but I think part of that is also because England has the laws about um having to have representation in television. Yeah. And so these guys get a lot more training and a lot more um, experience in England. Yeah, there's also a lot more opportunities to go to drama school and stuff. Um, right. England, like Australia, still has you know state-supported universities and drama schools and things like that where you can go to and get trained and all that kind of stuff, which America doesn't. If you want to make it as an actor, you've just got to kind of work your way up. There was somebody else that I was thinking of as well in that group and I can't remember who it was. But, um, yeah, mm. it's that um, I think also that it is like they're getting more experience, they're getting their names mm. out there more at the beginning. Yeah. So, like, th- when they go up for roles – you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, you've done these other things. I'll look at those as well. Oh, he was in one of the – he was this, in the second cast of Skins. Who was? Um, David Kaluuya. Yeah, David Kaluuya. Second season? I don't know. The, the You know, the second cast, I think, because I don't oh, remember who was he? the first cast. Posh Kenneth was his name. <laughs> That's not the second cast, I don't think. Oh, okay. I think it's after that. But, yeah, I, I Yeah, well, anyway, he's from one being... of the seasons of Skins. Like, he's been – he's actually – like he is not as new a newcomer. He's been around for a while. Right. This is what I mean. Like yeah. they, they do, like they have a lot of roles on British TV in mm. British movies, mm. like even though they're smaller roles. Yeah. It's building a resume. You can't build a resume as easily in America. There's mm. not as many roles. So I think that might be part of why, mm. like the, the racism, like if you have legal barriers to racism, it benefits people. Mm is the point that I'm trying to make. Like yeah, if yeah. you have if you have quotas, if you say, you know, you have to put people who aren't white yeah, in your especially something like the BBC, which is government funded and has those kind of you must put in I don't think they have a specific quota, but they no, do not. have a strong commitment to programming no, diverse um I th- diverse I'm pretty sure they do have like a, a specific mm, the BFI thing does. To- there is it, it, that's only come in the last couple of years, but yeah, the BFI has a thing about um there's more money available to women of colour and women directors, people of colour at the behind the camera level. But for years on the BBC, it's been like that. Like you watch you watch Doctor Who mm. um, and it's very diverse and it, it very much reflects, you know, the population of what Britain's actually like. Except for the Doctor. Um, the Doctor's not diverse. until now the companions. But um, Apart from Martha, yeah. Oh, Martha, that's and, right. And the new companion who is kind of called cool. Bill. Yeah, but that that sort of I think that commitment to diversity really pays off in these actors' careers. I think which is that's why, why they're getting roles and not it part of the reason. Young and Americans you getting look at roles. Like Dev Patel again, like he's mm. British, um, and he's sort of become the face of like, you know, yeah, Indian and and and, and Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele are actually a bit older. It's ta- they're American. Yeah. It's taken them twenty years to get to this point. They're in their forties now, and they they also had a big viral hit with their show. Yeah, but it's taken them like they they're the, the wrong age to be playing the role anymore because it's taken them 20 years to get their careers established yeah. to a point where they could get these roles. Yeah, I um, think that, yeah, I think there's a Yeah, so, so, so Samuel L. Jackson actually has a point. Like, not the point that he's trying to make, but a point. No, but, yeah, <laughs> but he does, he, like, he, he does have a point. It's um, That it's different in England? Well, yeah, that's and, interesting. Sorry, yeah. we've gone way, way off track here. We have. So um, we should rate the movie, though. Oh, four stars. Yeah, I'm going with four stars as well for Get Out. 
I was a little bit too, I was, I was, I enjoyed it a lot. It's just those little like horror element things mm. and the hint of sexism, I think, that pulled it back for me. Mm. And it died to me. It was, it resolved a little too easily. Yeah. That's, that's this, that's the same horror movie. Yeah. Non, like the, just not being a horror movie director. Yeah. And, and it worked really well with a lot of the comedy stuff. And like, I think, part, you know, and I think part of the reason why people got so into it is it's so genre hopping. Yeah. Like it's comedy sometimes, it's thriller, it's drama, it's well, horror. There are a lot it of people pin one like me who are like, oh, I don't go to horror movies, I'm too scared. But this is not scary you mean particularly. Every friend that I have except one, every single one of my friends except for one person will not see horror movies with me. <laughs> I love horror movies. And I'm I'm not I get scared easily. But maybe I'm wrong. I actually get scared pretty easily too. Like the jump scares always get me. Every yeah. time. I jumped more than you did when she popped up in the in the house. Yeah, because I'd seen her. I saw her coming. Right. I, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. But, like, I do. I jump really easily at jump scares. I sit there with my hands in my over my ears. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I do get scared in horror movies. It's just that I also really enjoy them. Yeah, okay. Fair and, enough. But I think I've talked about this before, but, like, one of the reasons why I like horror movies so much and why they're so interesting to me is that they're, like, one of the purest forms of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think noticing those that lack of that horror movie particular skill is kind of a thing for Get Out because mm-hmm. like it is such a it, it's that genre where like knowing the genre is so important to making mm. horror movies because yeah. you don't ha- need to have a lot of money you don't need to have a great script you don't need to have a lot of the elements that you need to make a good other kind of movie it's all down to technicality mm. but this had all those other things going for it yeah <laughs> it had a great script it was really funny it was really interesting well like, acted, it was really yeah. interesting well like the conception the conceit was really interesting. Mm. all of that stuff was working for it and then it's just a couple of the little horror movie technicalities that didn't quite work for it Mm. (laughs) okay thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like to find the show notes or old episodes they're on our website silverscreenqueens.com if you want to find us on social media we're facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens at screen underscore queens on twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on tumblr thank you for listening bye bye